We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. We are headed into pageant season for a ton of different systems. So we are doing 25% off all our amazing Pageant Planet apparel. This includes t-shirts, tanks, hats, and it's perfect because it's just a little gift you can give your the contestant in your life to really help them see the finish line and work really hard to their pageant or celebrate their win. Yeah, and we're kind of phasing out of, of this. So we're not going to continue to have this apparel at all because we're just changing models and you know, fine-tuning it. So um, it's kind of like why inventory lasts. So if you don't get it now, you might not ever get it. But what, what are some of the like merchandise that we have on sales? Can you give them a, a visual or some of the sayings that we have on it? Yeah, some of the most popular items. First, our baseball cap is crazy like popular um it's really soft shapes your head it's unstructured so like for me i have a tiny head people have big heads it works for all of us so all (laughs) heads are accepted with this baseball cap and it's subtle it just has like the pageant planet logo embroidered um even without the word mark so it's just like something that you can wear to pageant rehearsal to workouts etc love it um we have our very popular queen status tanks and tees, as well as our most popular muscles and mascara tank that is like primo for the gym, for rehearsals, for any type of um, pageant-related fitness activity. That's awesome. Okay, and you mentioned that they're 25% off. Is there a coupon code with that? What's the shipping and like where can they find it? So it's always free shipping. So like cha-ching, you can find it at shop.pageantplanet.com and the coupon code is apparel25. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing pageant trends from Miss USA 2019 that is actually going to help you win your pageant regardless of what country you are competing in. So Jesse, go ahead and set the stage for us. So Stephen, I haven't watched a pageant to just watch a pageant in years. I'm always over assessing what's working for each contestant, what could be improved, what lessons I can bring back to my clients and this podcast, what trends am I over? What am I seeing for the first time? I mean, it is exhausting for me to watch a pageant, really. I'm thinking about all of those things. And for our listeners who are current contestants or parents parents to current contestants, you should be watching the same way, like soaking in poses you think are successful so you can practice on your own, realizing what annoys you about certain contestants, because that happens, and what makes you fall in love with others, because that happens too. So no matter what the takeaways, your job isn't to fully mimic these lessons, it's to make them your own. Yeah, I remember even when you were competing for Miss International prior to working um, for Pageant Planet, like you would have your own score sheet there and you would be ranking and scoring the contestants based on how they did. And you mm-hmm. were really a student of the industry well before you were even a coach within the yes. industry. Well, and I find like certain trends like the shrug laugh. Oh, <laughs> I, if, I, if I never see it again, it'll be too soon. But when you think about it, if you are a, a casual pageant contestant, you're just getting into the industry and you watch a YouTube video, you see it on one contestant because you see one on Instagram pop up and you see one girl do like, wow, I really like how she did that. And then you do it and you didn't do your full research. Or you didn't watch the whole pageant and soak it in and really see how 
how widely done it is, it could be a big mess. So you really have to be able to take in the lessons, see what's overdone, see what's underdone, see, um, again, what gets on your nerves. Because if it gets on your nerves, it probably gets on somebody else's nerves. Yeah, completely. So, all right. Well, with this, um, what's the first trend that you see that happened within like Miss USA that other people can apply to, I guess, their competition? Uh, well, I love this first point, um, and it's you don't need a sob story. And of course, we polled our Instagram audience before finals even, and we said, okay, what contestants at Miss USA are standing out to you and why? Um, and some very wise follower did say Miss North Carolina. Do you want to say what she said, Stephen? Yeah, she said Miss North Carolina is the real deal, the total package, and do, would do very well at Miss Universe. And that was from A Basinger underscore 422. And with that, for years, everyone assumed you needed a sad story in your life that you have overcome, especially in the new age of Miss USA, where they're transitioning away from like the roots of a traditional beauty pageant, which I can say has pageant people like ticked. Am I right? Yeah, no. I mean, there is like a lot of these sub debates going on via text messages and WhatsApp. Like, why are they doing X, Y, Z? So, yeah, they, they are ticked. Yeah. God forbid a woman have a story, right? Well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> True. And, and God forbid that you, you find this any industry, any like family, like my youngest sister is extremely traditional. My family has a lot of built in traditions. Anytime you deviate from the family traditions, she gets upset. And mm. you find this with people that are it, typically it's characterized that if you're older, um, you know, they're used to how things used to be. And if you change it up at all, they're disgruntled because it doesn't fit in that nice, neat box that they used to know. Right. So I think that's a topic for another day. But back to this podcast, <laughs> what what the winner proved is you don't need a sob story. You just need to know how to tell your story. She's beautiful. She's well-spoken, confident career woman. Like she does, she's not like, She's not living with an illness. She doesn't, she's not a caretaker for someone who's having a hard time. She's just doing her. And yeah. that's what women today want to be doing. They want to just do their thing and like kill it. So like what she did was identify a key moment in her life that defined her. And she used that story and it illustrated what shaped her in her life. And she did so in a way that the audience could visualize. And Stephen, do you, do you know what story I'm referring to? Uh, are you referring to when, when she was presenting a legal case in the courtroom and then afterwards the judge told her she should wear a skirt next time because that's what judges like to see that one. Yes. That, okay. and I, I grasped my pearls. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't believe that. And of course, like I can believe it because that's like, that's what the whole conversation of our, our culture right now is, is um, equal rights for women in the workplace. But um, what, a moment like most modern women can relate to and be energized by immediately. That's like, well, dang, we got to get more female lawyers in in the courtroom if that's how they're if that's how they're perceived right now. Right. So um, I think, especially with that all female panel, that really resonated. So the homework here for anyone listening, just choose an integral moment from each phase of your life. So Stephen, like, what would you say are like the three key sections of your life if you were an adult? Um. Like as an adult or as a child or just like throughout my life? Throughout your life, like the three stages that you would suggest like putting a story together for. Um, like the adolescence and then my like when I first started my business career and then now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if you're not necessarily established, you could add childhood. So childhood, adolescence, professionalism, adolescence, 
early career, established career. So maybe like pick three stages of your life, whatever that might be. That's just a suggestion for you. And like pick one defining moment within those phases and start telling that story. And again, it's hard, but 30 seconds or less because God forbid there was a time. I think there was a timer for that question for Miss, D, uh, Miss North Carolina. And she had to like crank it out really quickly, but she did. I still visualized it. I still clutched the pearls. It still made an impact on me. <laughs> so 30 seconds or less, yeah. make them detailed, visual, and work and start working them into your interview prep. Well, and the thing about that is like when I was rehearsing it in my mind, you know, and I think it's because we've been talking so much and it's along the same theme. So adolescence, I can point to this had an impact on my business. And then when I said early, like adulthood, that was um, when my first business failed. And then now where it was like my success um, yep. in, in this company. So, and with her, what I liked about it is regardless of what she's talked about, she kept a similar theme. So when you mm -hmm. saw her, you're like, oh, cool. She's the attorney, you yeah. know, <laughs> or like, oh, okay, got it. Like she's in the courtroom or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you knew that she had legal, whether you maybe confuse it with attorney or judge or whatever, you knew that, okay, she was, had that legal background. And I liked that like on her, she did mention it, I think across all of the interviews, but it wasn't the key focus for all the interviews and just her ability to speak well about her experience said enough. Like, I, I really don't think anyone could have outspoken her in the pageant. I think she was probably the best speaker there um, that we saw on finals night, at least I can't speak to the private interview. And she was beautiful and she was fit. And it just kind of was the ribbon on top of her story. Yeah, I love that. After every time she gave an answer, she nodded like, you know, almost like on Family Feud, if you've ever watched that, where somebody gives yes. an answer to Steve Harvey, and then they're like, yep, it, this yep. is my answer, Steve, and they start yep. clapping. She did that exact same thing after every answer. I'm like, wow, look at oh, her confident. I noticed that. I love it. That is so funny. But I really feel like, okay, and this is... It, um, not, I don't think that you're taking anything away from New Mexico at all, but it's, this is a, a classic point where I feel like, um, new, I'm sorry, I said New Hampshire, um, New Mexico, where New Mexico and North Carolina, where they both answered their final question well. And I feel like the judges either wanted someone like our current Miss USA, which was just like, to the point, professional, well-spoken, or somebody like Miss New Mexico, which had more of the the girl next door kind of personality. She was more lighthearted in her answer, more relatable, like you're having a cup of coffee with her. Yes. And, and like both of them did very well, but they did it in their own unique styles. Yep. That's the truth. Yeah. So you, and neither one of them had a sob story. Nope. Neither one. Yeah. yeah. They had, yeah. again, but Miss New Mexico, to her point, she talked about living on a border state and like she tied her own story into her question about what's the topic that should be focused on in government. And she said immigration and she used her story to back that up. And it just reiterates, you don't have to have the stop story. You just have to tie in your story. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But that was really exciting for people that listen and they're like, well, how can you beat that? I mean, they have had to deal with all this stuff in your life. Well, okay, well, they've had to deal with that. So let's talk about your story and what makes you special and what defines you. And that's the difference. And I I'm excited about that. Yeah. And Renata really connected with her in New Mexico because Renata is a first generation mm. 
you know, her parents were fresh off the boat from Brazil. They speak Portuguese. Like there's a, lang- a little bit of a language barrier between me and them. So we're not as like always translating. So I'm always around people like whether I'm talking to the tech team and they're speaking Hindi or <laughs> my in-laws, it's like speaking Portuguese, whatever. Uh, my workout partner, he's like Puerto Rican. So he's like speaking like Spanish. So, I mean, I'm always kind of in in the dark as far as what people are saying around me. But it's it was cool <laughs> to watch Renata light up. Because she's like, oh, I connect with this. And so instantly she started cheering for New Mexico. Um, And that's what your judges feel too when they're watching. Yep. Okay. So that was point number one. Uh, You don't need a sob story. What's point number two? Point number two is fresh is best. So why don't you read this Instagram submission that kind of inspired this point? Okay. This is from Abby underscore Davis. And she said, all caps, love Miss Ohio USA. Her commitment to staying authentic and confidently beautiful in her own skin makes her stand out for sure. So Steven, try to be as unbiased here as possible because Ohio is your home state. So I know you represent, (laughs) but what did you think of Miss Ohio? What I liked about her. And when I saw her, I thought, wow, she's pretty. Like just, and she was pretty like when somebody walks into your home or you see them like out of the gym, like, wow, she's pretty, but it's not like an untouchable pretty where she's almost like so perfectly flawless that you're not able to approach her because there Mm -hmm. are some girls like that too, right? But it's like, wow, she's really pretty. I want to get to know her is what my thought was. And like for me, this girl radiated like even when she was in the background she drew my attention to her and that's when i first saw her i was like who is that girl in white in the background and she didn't have veneers she didn't have massively full hair down to her waist she didn't create sky high cleavage all things associated with modern pageantry so she really was like bucking the norm there and i thought all of this stemmed from her platform i think it was called like keeping it real I think that mm-hmm. might be what it was because they did feature her in several packages and we had the luxury of seeing her explain it. It's not about not wearing eyelashes, not wearing hair extensions. It's about like not being perfect, just like being real. And she doesn't Photoshop any of her pictures on social media, which I think is pretty cool. So I'm sure the interview helped tie that into her total image and why she did so well. But regardless, feedback overall, like everyone I was talking to, I was on social media, found her incredibly likable. Yeah, we'll have to ask her. I, I wonder if when she says she doesn't Photoshop any of her photos, does that include filters? Mm. Curious about that. Uh, yeah. I guess, yeah, we'll have to ask her that. But um, my, so my parents, my mom and my dad asked me, okay, so what did you think about the Miss USA pageant? And uh, my mother-in-law, okay, so what did you think? And, you know, and they all pointed to Miss Ohio. And, of course, you and I, we text all throughout. Um, yeah. We're not, we're not like, oh, what's Jesse think? <laughs> Remember that one moment where we're like, where um, I picked up my phone to text you, like, what the heck was this about? Like, when all the contestants started, like, the Statue of this- Liberty thing. And we're like, I, and I texted you, what is this? And at the same time, you said, what's happening? <laughs> and Renata was like, text Jesse. She was like, do you know what's happening? I'm like, I am clueless. Did I miss something? And she's like, I don't know. Text Jesse. So I, I mean, it was nice. It was nice. But I'm like, can I get more of the girls? Like, let me see the contestants. And so, oh, I guess we were seeing them. But like, I want more of like the on the stage in the moment stuff. But yeah. I was just me. like. It was like one of the dogs when you're looking at the screen and your head, head tilts like, wait, what happened here? So yep. just to be clear, 
that is not a trend um, doing the Statue <laughs> of Liberty in the past. That's not going to help you, especially if you live in Australia, South Africa, Europe, Canada, et cetera. Yeah, reciting that's not going to help you in your pageant. Um, but no, o- Ohio, again, I think that one of the things that I liked about her is it was on brand. So everything about her completely streamlined. And um, you, you're right. Like she, she was very pretty and she stood out. Like for me, um, I didn't see her back there, but once I saw her, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, she's like, she's great. And I wanted to get to know Ohio more. So, yeah. Okay, that. but that's not to say, though, I, so, yes, all of the things that Miss Ohio I loved, and I think several people did, too, that's not to say that if you do enhance your look with any of the tools I mentioned, like the cleavage, the hair, whatever, the veneers, doesn't mean that you won't do well. But what I will say is, I don't know if you noticed this, but I think the Instagram effect is alive and well. And like what gets likes on social media now, full lips, big hair, sultry expressions. Like it's kind of like whatever the Kardashians do kind of trickles down because they get likes. So that people kind of feed into that. I'm finding, and I texted you about this. I'm finding that women are forgetting how to genuinely smile as a result of this. They're like uncomfortable. They're more comfortable doing the sultry face, like pouting the lips. And then when they have to actually smile, it looks odd. Yeah. <laughs> well, well it's I don't even like, know what else to say. It yeah, feels like they lack uh, they lack any genuine warmth, and that's a bummer to me. Yeah, and I mean, and it could be too. To be fair, like when they're smiling, a lot of times they're raising their shoulders and doing that whole thing, which like throws you off, anyways. And yeah. I've even, you know, we we love Demi Lee, but I saw yes. her do that same thing when they scanned the judges. She did Ugh. the. The shoulder thing and like a, a, a laugh and all that. Love Demi Lee. And I was like, no, don't do it. Um, but I do agree with you. It's that it's that Instagram age that you and I, we've said in previous um, podcasts that we didn't grow up with. So we're like, mm-hmm. you know, it's now was introduced to us in a much later stage in life yeah. uh, versus our, our listeners for the most part. So, so to wrap, um, up, to wrap yep. up this point, though, and we'll move on, but. Unless you have anything else to add? Nope, I don't. So like Ohio, and this is why, like the, the point was fresh is best. And Ohio said whatever to these like Instagram trends, did her own thing, was quickly, in my opinion, the sweetheart of the pageant. So if you want to adapt this tip, because we've kind of gone on a tangent, if you want to learn how to adapt this tip, the fresh is best tip, trust your brand words, those three words that describe your personality and those two words that describe your style and don't get sucked into what everyone else is doing or looks like. Keep what makes you unique. I doubt Miss US or Miss Ohio had the phrase sultry or sexy or edgy in her brand words. And a lot of the other contestants did. And she just didn't get sucked into like trying to fit in with what everyone else was doing. She trusted herself. It it showed and she definitely stood out for all the right reasons. So find your brand words, stick to them, do not cave. Yeah. And I am gonna bring up another point. But in the next in the next section here, but it's going to relate back to Fresh is Best. So, okay, all right, cool. so we so we have the um, don't need a sob story. Fresh is best, and what's our our third strategy? The the third strategy is take chances. Stephen, why don't you read this Instagram message? Okay, this is from I think it's Zyara um, Carter, and it's uh, Miss Kansas USA and at Miss Pennsylvania USA stood out with their amazing confidence, beautiful stage presence, being beautiful, and having awesome wardrobe choices. So first, 
we saw not one, but two natural haired beauties win the titles of Miss USA and Teen USA, which I'm nearly sure has never happened. Steven, can you confirm? Um, yeah, one that's never happened. And two, another fun fact is this is the first time in the history where we've had um, an African-American um, or a woman of color, whatever like word lands best with you. But um, Teen USA, Miss USA, in Miss America simultaneously reigning. It's the first mm-hmm. time that all three of those have happened. So, um, but yeah, I, th- yeah, this is, um, the first time two natural hair beauties have won teen USA and Miss USA. Well, especially when I saw that Miss North Carolina actually does straighten her hair regularly. I was like, wow, this is really bold, especially when the teen had just won. It was like, sometimes organizations don't want to crown people that look like sisters. We see, we hear about it all the time. They want differentiation. They want variety, et cetera. So, I mean, she still took a chance. That's what she wanted to present. She felt comfortable with her natural hair and she killed it. So um, back to back to the actual point of the Instagram message that we'll get to. But um, what I really do want to talk about, um, sorry, is call outs of Kansas and Pennsylvania. First, Kansas rocked pencil straight hair just about all week. And I know Sarah Rose did naturally straight or like pin straight hair last year for finals as well, but she kind of tucked it behind her shoulders like a different way for evening gown, a little bit different. Um, And even when Kansas had her hair in a ponytail, it was sleek, straight, no volume, very high fashion. Stephen, what did you think about that? Uh, I love that look. That's my favorite. Um, you know, first off, I like my, the hair up is my favorite. And then secondly, it's when the hair is just super sleek and it has that mm-hmm. high fashion look. So I, I was a big fan. And like, that's very much her brand. She was high fashion, sleek all week. Even her interview outfit had like, um, it was separates with the pattern. It was very like different from what we see and paired that with that sleek ponytail just said something um, really different. So she took a risk taking her look in an entirely different direction than most of the other contestants. Yeah, completely. Um, so I loved Kansas and there was a few other ones that I also love, but I won't bring them up right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to, if you want to, this is okay. the moment. All right. Well, I mean, so, I mean, Kansas, I loved, I think Minnesota was adorable. Oh, I, great. Yeah. I had really high hopes for Georgia because um, she is, I mean, in the words of my wife, I think she's the prettiest girl I've ever seen. Um, and for me, my wife is the prettiest girl I've ever seen, but Renata's words, like, I think Georgia is the prettiest girl I've ever seen. Um, and um, Texas was amazing too. I just, I wanted to see more of them because I saw so much of them going up, like leading up to the pageant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was sad that I didn't get to see more of them. I think everyone has that that group of people that they wish they saw. And I have said this before on a podcast, maybe like years ago, though. But I think it's more challenging when you do follow along. So regularly, like if you just tune into the pageant, you're like, OK, like you might be ticked if one of your contestants doesn't make it past. But at the end of the day, like you might not agree, but all you've seen is those 15. So you don't walk away feeling really slighted. But for those of us that follow along for the two weeks they're there, you get favorites you see that there can be more than 15 that can make it and then you start seeing people left behind when they're calling you get pretty ticked so yeah. i've been there i get it and i think it's like a blessing and a curse you get to see all these beautiful women their personality shine for two weeks and then at the end of the day they, they can't all make it so it's a bummer yeah completely yeah and with this point of like taking chances and this is the the point that i was going to make um earlier and like fresh yeah. is best like 
if if you're listening to this and you're just like, okay, I got to do something that's fresh, right? And you're new to the pageant industry, you don't know what's fresh. You made reference to it earlier. Like you might think that, oh my gosh, that like shoulder thing up with the laugh back, like that's fresh. Or maybe a certain song for pageant talent is fresh and you don't realize that people have been doing this for a decade. Um, so this is where coaching helps. And like to segue with there is girls that I wish I would have seen more of. Um, I know from speaking with past um, title holders in the Miss USA system, they don't always get help from their directors. Like after they win, they don't always, even always hear from their state directors, mm-hmm. you know, because these state directors, they have so many pageants, so they don't necessarily get that support. And if you don't have a pageant background um, and you might think you might have amazing style, right? And you might be very personable, but there's certain rules that and like nuances, etiquette that if you have never competed before, you just don't know. So mm-hmm. it's important for the listeners in South Africa to hire a coach and to work with a coach that is familiar with that environment of pageantry. And likewise in Australia and likewise in the United Kingdom and Canada, mm-hmm. etc. So and if you don't have that, come to us. We have a relationship with these different countries and directors and we can help you so that you know, we can lead you so that you're not replicating certain mistakes. So the thing about taking chances, that's all well and good, you know, but um, we've also had people take chances, for example, with their, um, what is it, like the pageant program ads, you know, that mm-hmm. girls do. Yeah. We we had someone, and I think, you know, we have kind of a statute of limitations that, that we don't use examples if it's been too close. So uh, this has been about like, you know, a, a while ago, we'll just say. Um, but somebody they used for their pageant ad, they were a, a member of our um, community. So um, they submitted an ad where they were cleaning up blood from a murder scene. And it was like full of this white thing. There was blood everywhere. And she had a sponge. And like this is what she did for a living. But she thought oh, you something unique and fresh was to have that as her pageant ad that was inserted inside of a, a program book for a magazine. Now, it certainly would have got people talking, but not necessarily in the right way. So <laughs> like there, this is where we could have we guided her to be like, don't, don't, don't use that. Like use, use this over here. Like it's not etiquette. So now your example might not be that extreme, but like this is where a coach can really help you because you only get this shot once on in this, for example, for the Miss USA stage. So investing in a coach, like can literally change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't do it and you roll the dice, it, it you know, it, and based on what we've seen with other people, it just doesn't work out favorably for you. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and like, let's roll it, let's roll that at point into Miss Pennsylvania and like Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania wore a dang tuxedo to Miss Teen USA, bow tie and all. And while we saw lots of contestants wear suits and pants to interview where they definitely make sense in a traditional aspect, but to a formal event where most of the other contestants are in gowns, like, heck yes. Heck yes. Yeah. And she probably did have a coach that she ran this outfit by. 
because mm-hmm. like that is a huge bold move just like Rio Mori wore a tuxedo as her farewell as Miss Universe in 20 2007 which makes me feel so old because um, <laughs> I was like that was just yesterday but to your point Steven you have to have checks and balances when you're going to make take a risk like this you can't just do it and hope for the best you you really should especially in something which has rich traditions like like pageants you definitely have to have several eyes on the risk you take because if yeah. you were to say, well, like Miss America, let's say, like they're encouraging this outfit of choice versus evening gown, like, sure, take a risk, wear something else. But like, maybe you walk it through a couple of people just to make sure. Because like we say, everything kind of happens gradually. Everyone's not always ready for a shock to the system right away. But I think because suits had come back completely in the pageant fold, we saw them so many times last week, but for her to wear it to a formal event, it was like just enough because everyone was used to a suit by now. Yep. And then she deviated from the plan the way nobody else did. So it was, it's a calculated risk for sure, but it definitely pays off. And I will say in addition to that, she also like with her traditional like string bikini, she wore in, in, in swimsuit round, she like crossed the ties in front. So mm-hmm. that kind of made her stand out as well. So um, I think several contestants overall stepped out one way or another. And I'm sure several contestants thought they were taking a chance by wearing the interview suit um, until everyone else did. So yeah. it's one of those things where you have to monitor the trends over time because things do change. I mean, there was a time where you never wore a jumpsuit or a romper to interview. And now like that's like all you see. And now we're transitioning back to suits because suits were like the thing and then no one wore a suit. So Things ebb and flow with time. So you have to expect that styles are going to come around. So I'll just give a quick story and then we'll wrap up for the day. Um, I remember orientation at Miss International. I think I've told this story before, Stephen. So like if you remember, holler. Um, The judges see the pictures from orientation before they meet you in person. So I studied pictures for years, years. I went back like as much as I could. And almost 100% of the time, girls wore dresses and their hair down. And I think that's changed since like jumpsuits have become a trend again. I'm I'm older than dirt. It seems like in the pageant industry. So times have changed. <laughs> um, but my year, I chose to wear a ponytail and pants. And I was the only one that wore my hair up. And I was one of two girls out of like 50 plus that wore pants. Wow. So do you like your homework as a listener. Use current trends from industries outside pageantry to help you shape ideas and then adapt those to a way they would be accepted in the pageant industry. And I'll say next, do ample research on what others have done in the past, like I just mentioned, and see how you can evolve it. You never want to look out of place, but you want to stand out. There is a huge difference. You never want to be like, ooh, what is she wearing? But you want to say, oh, wow, she really like stepped up her game, or I love what she's wearing. You know what I'm saying? Do you see the difference? Yeah, completely. I mean, it's, it's like the bachelor effect. You want, when all the girls come in, they first meet in the bachelor, they're all trying to stand out. And there's some people that stand out and you're like, that person's weird. They'll hang on for a few episodes, but there's no way that he's ending up with her. And there's other girls that stand out because they're just, it was really classy, the way that they approached him, et cetera. And you're like, oh, she's a front runner. Right. So. You almost notice almost always the girl that gets the first impression, the person that gets the first impression rose didn't do anything crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Agreed. Anyway. Oh, so, yep. so, okay. So in summary of today, unless you have anything else to add, Stephen? No, nope. Um, it's important to really stick to your story, your preferences, your style, but you have to be strategic with what aspects. So consider the most memorable stories 
and personality traits that you have in your arsenal and enhance those first and foremost. Awesome. And thank you for listening. And if you've had any benefit from this show or for once previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep this show going for you. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world. 